Hello, and welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith, and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 63. This week, my lovely guest is Richard Hayden. Now, Richard's been on the podcast before, and um, so do look back on the old episodes if you want to hear him speak the first time. But uh, I kind of grabbed him when I saw that he'd finished his trilogy of his Imaginary series, and I really wanted to talk to him about that, because it's a really big deal when you've finished a big body of work. So stick around for the interview section. So at my desk this week, well, at my desk this week, pretty much the same thing. I'm I'm really getting on with finishing book two. I'm very, very nearly there. In fact, as I sit here and, and just finish off this podcast in order to load it up onto my host site, Podbean, I'm hoping to really spend the rest of the day writing. And if I don't actually finish my first draft today, I almost definitely will finish it tomorrow. And then, of course, the big old editing thing begins. And as every writer knows, that is sometimes the hardest part because you've really got to be brutal and chuck out anything that doesn't really work or, you know, make a few changes to the storyline and things like that. So happy days. So what else was I going to chat to you about? Well, I wanted to have a quick chat about social media because um, I get asked this question quite a lot about, you know, managing social media and how how do you do it and all blah, 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 and all that kind of thing. So I thought I'd just um, have a quick talk about my thoughts on it and in fact my um you know my own process for managing the social media so so sorry about my voice I'm a bit croaky because it's quite early in the morning I'm just trying to get this job done um anyway uh so the social media so I am on um Facebook I'm on Instagram I'm on Twitter or X or whatever it's called these days and uh, and I'm also on TikTok and uh, those are my my kind of main things now I've been on uh Twitter or X for a really long time, years and years. In fact, I think 2013 when I came on, I don't really know. I suppose I should look that up. But anyway, a long time and it's my biggest account. Um, But the trouble with that is it's changing quite a lot and I'm not sure how viable it is as a thing. Um, I still use it, uh, but I don't spend a lot of time on there. I try and, you know, get in and get out and get on with my day kind of thing. The trouble I'm finding with the Twitter X thing is that they won't let you post links or they won't let me post links so if you want to you know put your book picture up and then post a you know a universal link so a buy link on that on that thread um it it won't let you post it it kind of works sometimes on the if i'm using the app on my desktop but it doesn't like it on the phone which is a bit of a nuisance really so i'm kind of posting things up and saying link in the bio bio which is a bit of a nuisance but anyway uh it's it is what it is anyway so that's that so anyway let's just have a think about the social media so my 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 process is and which is also part of you know how i think about social media is it's not really about fabulous quality so much as about consistency and i think this is a key thing when you're using social media in order to promote your work uh so I try and use it a couple of times a day, but I always use it once a day. And my very first job in the morning when I get up after I've sort of dealt with the whippet and made a cup of tea kind of thing is I just sit there with my phone and I drink my cup of tea and I just post something on all my social media. And in fact, and also interact with anybody that's interacted with me um, since I looked at it last. And so I get something. My point is I get something up there first thing in the morning Now, there's been a lot of, and I think it's twaddle, about pick a social media that you like and use it really well 
and that'll be enough. Well, actually, I think that's complete rubbish, really. And over these long years that I've been a writer, I've quite often, you know, taken that advice to heart and just concentrated on one social media. But I'll tell you for a fact, you know, well, is it a fact? But my experience, put it like that, my experience is that, you know, as a social media user, I find you get more traction and more exposure for your book the more applications that you're on. And if you can be on quite a few, uh, I think that's a really helpful thing because within that you're you're meeting different people and that can only be a really good thing. Uh, so how to do it? Well, I have found BookBrush to be a really useful tool and it's really not that expensive and it's very easy to kind of drop your... Um, your pictures of your book cover into lots of different things. And what I tend to do is I kind of get on there and it's really pleasant to use and I can do all the Photoshop stuff, you know. But what I find is it's time, really. I haven't got time to photograph a flat lay or faff about with, you know, uh, uh, making videos or not videos, um, you know, doing animation and things like that. But you can do it all in book brush and it really isn't that expensive. I can't even think what it is, but you can, there's different packages on there. I'll leave the link in the show notes. So what I do is every couple of weeks I get in there and I just, you know, grab a whole load of things, make, make a little pile, ship them over to my phone because I find using it on the phone is much easier. And then I've got like a, lots of graphics and lots of pictures that I can put out. And it's always good if you're using seasonal graphics. So obviously, if you look at my stuff at the moment, you will find that all my pictures of, of my book, The Midwitch, uh, are all pretty seasonal. It's all, I mean, obviously, it's, it's you know, witches and Halloween and autumn and all that kind of thing. You know, it kind of lends itself to it. But I will change it when we get nearer Christmas and I have more Christmassy ones. And I suppose I'll do spring ones in the spring. So my thing is, you know, grab yourself something like that where you've made a whole pile of things where you can just keep, you know, rotating them and using them again and again um, over that season and then change it up when the seasons change. Uh, So what do I do? So I get on my social media and the first thing I do is I usually go into um, Facebook and I post into Facebook and I've got it fixed so that it automatically posts into Instagram so that's me doing one post and it also it, you know it takes the picture and the words that you put into into Instagram that I put into Facebook so I'm putting the post into Facebook and I'm uh, and it automatically goes into Instagram and if you look on all the little buttons in there you will find that there's a thing that you can do to get it into your Instagram post and all you really need to do to make that work is to um when you're putting the hashtags in, don't put hashtags in that are specific to Facebook. So put generic hashtags in like, you know, bookish or, you know, or your your genre. You know, I would put paranormal women's fiction or something like that. that so you're not putting like Insta, Instabook or books, Bookstagram even, Bookstagram or anything like that. So I would I would do that. I mean, you know, you decide, but you can do that. and uh, And that's really good. So that's a real time saver. So you've kind of got two for one there. And uh, and then I go into uh, uh, TikTok and I put something on there. And now over the week, I will probably do one or two posts where I'm actually going to sit and talk and, you know, video myself, you know, chatting about books or talking about writing or, you know, or talking about the podcast. Obviously, you see me do the podcast um, 
thing each each Monday. But I, I get those, but I only do those a couple of times a week because they're more time consuming. Um, so what I tend to do is if you look on TikTok now, you can actually just post photographs. And if you want to, you can just do one photograph. And I find the one photograph and a few words on the top works actually really well. You know, it, it, I'm surprised how far it goes. Um, so you can do that or you can do a photograph swipe thing where you have one or two photographs or as many as 10, which I've also done. And then you kind of put the words on. You can kind of do some sort of basic blurb chat about your book, you know, and, and you can get that across and um that works really well as well. And they're actually quite quick to do. Now, the other thing that you can do when you're in TikTok, when you've made one of these and you've put the words on, is if you save it to your TikTok account. And if, if I mean, I can't even explain where it is, but there is a place to do that. If you look, it says, you know, save, save into app or something, then it'll save it with all the words written on it for you so that you don't have to then I mean, I'm dyslexic, so the writing stuff like that drives me mad because <laughs> um, it all comes out badly and it takes me a bit longer. So if I got that, so in a couple of days, I would probably repost that that section of photographs with those words on again. And so, you know, don't be afraid of reposting stuff. It doesn't have to be new content every day. You know, you're, you're still getting your message across. And, um, and the thing is with social media, you know, different people see it at different times. So it's all good. So that's what I do with that. Um, uh, so that's it. And then obviously the, the Twitter is a funny beast at the moment. And I still go in there and put something on because why not? I've still got quite a big account and that's the other thing. So that's posting on the social media. But of course, what's really important is the interactions that you make. And actually, that's the fun bit, to be fair. So I always kind of go back in and check all the messages and, you know, like the message or, you know, reply to the message if it's appropriate and uh, all that kind of thing. So, you know, obviously that does take a little while. And you're probably thinking, yeah, that's great, Deb, but how long does it take? Well, I have to say an hour, really. It's my first hour in the morning. Um, so, you know, would I prefer to be sitting there reading the paper? Yeah, probably. But also, you know, it's really good. You've got that done. It's out there. And even if you never get to it again in the day until the next day, at least it's out there. You've put something out on the social media platforms and, um, you know, that can only be a good thing. Because at the end of the day, the more people that see your work, your book cover, and uh, keep seeing it, the better it will go. Now, I'm also running on For the Midwitch, I'm also running Facebook ads and Amazon ads. Now, the Amazon ads, are they working? No, of course not, because they've only just started. And do I know what I'm doing? No idea. <laughs> I am trying to learn, and uh, I'm, but I'm just trying to get this book finished. So I've left the Amazon ads up there. They're not really doing anything. They're they're spending like you know nine p or something or twenty pence, forty five pence the other day, but no sales. Um, but the Facebook ads are doing really well now. I think one of the reasons that the Facebook ads do well is because people have already seen my social media posts. You know, they've seen that book cover quite a few times and then they see that ad and it's kind of like another thing. And and I, I think there's something that they say about marketing where it's like the seven points of marketing, the, you know, the buyer has to see your product 12 times or something before they buy. I mean, I don't know what it is, but it's something like that. But it, I think it's actually true. The more times people see your thing, the more it kind of lodges into their brain that something that they would like to have a look at. So there you go. 
So that's my thoughts on social media, uh, which is basically, in a nutshell, be consistent, post every day. Do it first thing in the morning morning, so you've you've got it on there. And uh, the other thing is um, spread your net really wide. Cast your seeds, you know, far and wide. Don't concentrate on one thing. It's far too narrow. You know, get yourself out there and put yourself on lots of different things. And uh, And also, sometimes I think people get hooked up on the followers thing a little bit and they go, oh, well, you know, is it worth it? I've only got, you know, 49 followers on my Instagram account. I wouldn't worry about it because still people see it and it only takes a couple of people, you know, to make to make a sale and it'll make a difference to your day. So, you know, I would say don't worry about that. That'll build up anyway. It's just a question of being on there. So I would definitely, you know, get on as many social medias as you could possibly be on. Um, so that's that. Um, yeah. So there's, there's my thoughts for you. I'm rabbiting on this morning, aren't I? Anyway. And actually I'm not a morning person. It's quite early. It's it's like, it's only just eight o'clock-ish as I sit here in Southern England on a rainy day. But anyway, it's all good fun. So that's my thought. Um, so having posted once a day, do I post again? Well, yes, I do. If I can, um, and generally I can, you know, later on in the day, I will put something on, again and I will post again uh, just as I did in the morning and and then again if I can in the evening when I'm kind of sitting down you know and it might be quite late in fact the later the better because then you're hitting America um, I would I would post I would post again if I can but I wouldn't break my heart over it and if I'm too busy or too tired and I'm really not in the mood I would just not worry about it because I've kind of done that job and the consistency is the key thing get it done once a day if you manage to do it again, um, that's a bonus. And if you can do it three times, well, you're, you're smashing it out of the park. And, um, you know, I wish you a happy social media. And uh, find me. I'm on everything. <laughs> um, stick in DJ Bowman Smith. Follow me. I'll follow you back. And, um, yeah, I, I, it, it's it's fine. Have a go. And I wish you um, happy book sales. Right. So come and meet Richard Hayden. Um, he's lovely. You've met him before if you're a regular listener. And um, he's finished his thing. Come and tell us. So on the Words and Pictures podcast this week, my lovely guest is a returner. Um, Richard Hayden has finished his trilogy. Um, So I grabbed him quickly when I saw that this had happened. Uh, He writes The Book of Imaginary, which now has three books. So I don't quite know where to start. So you've finished your trilogy. Is that absolutely it now? Um, Yes. The story I came up with is done. So when I wrote it and created it, it was one book. And then I split it into three parts. In terms of that arc, it's done. It's finished. Yes. Um, could I go back to it? Maybe. I haven't got any plans to it at the moment, though. No. And how, how how do you feel about finishing it? Because it's quite a milestone to write three whole books, you know, three whole things. Yeah. And then you've lived with these characters and you've brought them out into the world and people are reading yeah. it and enjoying it. And 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 do you feel kind of, um, is, is it cathartic? Do you feel a bit sad? do you think it's a mixture of all those things really i think it's it was a sense of uh satisfaction and gratitude to to get them to the end because like you say i've been with them ellie in particular i've been with for a long time from the beginning i'm very fond of her and i am sorry for what i put her through across these three books <laughs> yes we're always but, apologizing <laughs> yeah we're always apologizing but um but i'm happy with where she ended up and the conclusion and the way things went and for me because of that it was a nice resolution it was okay i'm a bit sad you know that, that it's over um but in general it's a 
it's a happy process it's a clean thing i finished it it's done yeah um yeah. so yeah so so could you want to take us through sort of the basic premise of the books i uh, yeah absolutely um well i'll tell you what i'll give you the basic premise of all three in one go and then we can sort of yeah. dip in and out so the idea is, is uh it's a, about a young girl ellie who moves from london to a village up here in staffordshire where i used to live and she very quickly becomes aware that there's a lot of strange goings on in the village and the reason for that is the village is at a point where our world meets another world and that world is fueled by our imagination so anything that we create here so if we daydream or if we dream at night or we just imagine something it can be created in that world of mm. imaginary now the concept is, is that the the antagonist uh, the man of Mao wants to have physical form because he can create anything in that world there are no rules you can literally create anything you want but it can't physically exist so the whole concept is what would happen if they decided they did want physical form and wanted to exist and tried to come through into our world now the reason Eddie gets drawn into it is because uh, of family history and legacy. I won't go into too much. People will have to read if they want to know the specifics about that. But she gets pulled into that without knowing. So she's sort of a reluctant hero. She's very uh, calm at the beginning. She's very sort of wary as to what's going on. And then through the stories, through the books, she she grows in, in strength and bravery to take on this challenge. Because ultimately, it's her fighting for us. Because if we lose, then we lose everything. Mm. um and the the final part is about uh the the way it's all meant to be tied together and hopefully i tie it all in a nice little bow and then it all makes sense and stuff that was in the first book then just sort of nicely wraps around and it all ties together mm. i tried yeah. to make it a closed loop as best i can yeah yeah well i think that's the best thing about fantasy is you know people that read fantasy we like to have those threads that run all the way through you know you don't expect to find out the answer straight away but you you kind of remember these and it's it's threading these details through to give that story that that uh, layered thing that, that, that that's why yeah really that's what i tried to do so there's things okay. that come up in the first book that that make sense and resolve in the first book but then they have another layer added to them in the second or third book to try and make it feel a little bit more real I think um it's certainly what I tried to do anyway yeah yeah well I think it's I think it's a good thing to do and uh, so that's it so there's your there's your trilogy it's it's all there it's it's all resolved it's all nice and yeah. nice and neat um so so what's next Richard are you taking a little <laughs> break from your writing have you got another 10 books in the back I haven't got another 10 <laughs> oh yeah you have oh you have no I, I haven't yeah so I have um okay so I've taken a bit of a break because basically the opportunity for this came up I used to travel a lot for work so this is before COVID I used to travel a lot for work so I wrote this when I was in hotel rooms because there was nothing else to do in the hotels you get put up with work so I used to do it then then obviously COVID came along and that gave me the opportunity to finish them and polish them and get start getting them out there I've been very busy lately and obviously I've just finished this one and I'm trying to keeping the advertising and the momentum going it is hard as an indie author so you have to sort of keep churning that wheel I do have one other idea that I'm very excited about that I started about a year ago, 18 months ago, that I'm going to go back to. But I'm mm -hmm. just giving myself a little bit of a breather because I've had a lot going on with work. I've had a lot going on with writing and getting these out. And I've had a lot going on outside of that. And I just haven't had the mental capacity to sort of do that justice or do it properly. But I do intend to go back to that. 
Yeah. Um, but that would be sci-fi, something completely different. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's quite nice. So, it's, so you're going to sort of change your genre a little bit, and then and then going going to a bit of a science fiction thing. Yeah, I think it's that's nice the idea. Yeah. yeah, I'll keep pushing the idea, and if it works, I'll stick with it. Yeah, but I think that's the nice thing about being an independent author. You haven't got anybody ever telling you, you know, this is what you've got to do. We need some more of the same thing that you've done. You can just go, well, actually, I'm just completely swapping swapping genres yeah. now i've just swapped Absolutely, completely yeah. swapped genres i know in, in a really big way just recently and uh, and i've really enjoyed it and it's great fun and i'm not saying i'll never write fantasy again because i'm sure i will do but it's nice to just do as you're darn well please so good for us eh? yeah. no, I understand. <laughs> yeah. yes i agree completely i agree completely. yeah yeah because your imagination you know your your um you know your creativity is almost boundless as as what i've found uh, it's just having the time and and the energy to get it to get it out there and, and, and obviously it's a very long process I, to write a book it certainly is but i think you're right on the imagination thing i think it's the it's the only truly unlimited resource we've got and yeah. as humanity it's the most un, it's boundless as to what we can come up with and obviously everything that's ever been invented or created has come from someone's imagination at mm-hmm. some point but you have to you have to fuel it it's like any skill or muscle you need to work on it and push it and push it and push it so yes it is nice to try and push different things but you also need to switch off from it every now and again as well to give it a breather yeah yeah, exactly yeah yeah I think I think it's true and it's nice to to be able to just do that and and then you know move on to the next thing um so is your science fiction is it I'm going to plug it a little bit now that I want (laughs) I want I want to know Richard is it is it kind of a futuristic kind of thing um dystopian world so it's not dystopian world it's science fiction and it is set or will be set in space I I, I don't want to say too much in case someone else steals the idea and does it better than I could um but essentially I got to wondering um so if I want to travel somewhere I stay in hotels and then if you're traveling a really long distance, you might stay over in a hotel to then carry on your journey the next day. And I got to wondering, what would it be like if we could travel through space? Where would we stop along the way? Would there be a, a, a hotel or a motel that we could stop at? Mm. And the whole idea in the world I've created around that is essentially around that sort of intergalactic truck stop type yes, thing. I like that. Um uh, which it intrigued me because what you're saying about imagination and fantasy is boundless, but doing that sort of thing within reason, you can pretty much create whatever creature or situation you want to create because there are no rules. If, with Imaginary, it was set in a real place, so you have to abide by the rules of that place and of that world. But doing something that's completely new, I can pretty much create whatever comes to mind at the time, provided it makes sense. And it fits mm. in. Um, so the basic principle is around this sort of motel truck stop type thing um, in space where everyone just congregates. It's a central point where lots of things can happen because you get lots of different people arriving. Um, that's kind of all I want to say at the moment because <laughs> it's still in the early phases of development in my mind. But the fact you just said you like the idea gives me a little bit of wind in my sail. So there well, you go. no, I think it is a good idea because you, when you think of um, of hotels or any any places where people are traveling through, like hotels, like ports or airports, you only have to just sit in there and look around, and you've got you've got such a lot of yeah dif- different absolutely- people and different ages and kids and old folk and 
and people that look very ordinary, but you wonder what's going on in between their ears. And you, know, you, don't, you, don't, you don't know why they're there, why they're traveling through. And and I'm forever making up stories about that kind of situation. You know, when you see people, you wonder wonder what's going on, don't you? So, yeah, yeah I mean, the, poss- the possibilities are endless, I should think, for storytelling. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's sort of why I want to go back to it. And I will go back to it. I just need to have a bit of a breather at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So what does your writing look like, um, Richard? Do you find that you are a scribble it all down in a notebook or are you you've got to get straight on the computer or do you mull it over? You know. So first of all, I, I don't write by hand mainly because I can't read my own handwriting. Me so that too. wouldn't be you it wouldn't be useful for anybody if I did that. Yeah. Um so what I tend to do, I say what I tend to do, what I did with Imaginari is I had the overall story and I split that down into chapters. And then I just threw words on a page in Word on on my laptop. And I found that worked. What I also found worked is if you structure note-taking apps well, such as like OneNote or things like that, you can obviously access them anywhere now, you know, on your your phone, on your tablets, on your laptops. So having that level of connectivity means whenever an idea came to me, I can throw it down. So what I tend to do is I'd have a page where I can just throw ideas in that I would then go back to as like a reference point. And then as I'm creating the story, I keep, because I, I am a, in my day job, I deal with data a lot. So I am a spreadsheet person. I like a spreadsheet. I also have a spreadsheet that allows me to track specific points through the story and through the chapters, which helped me a lot when I was writing the third part or finishing off the third part of Imaginary. It helped me a lot to remember at what point certain people said things or found things because then I could find it really easily without having to go back and read the book which obviously I wouldn't mind doing but in the interest of time it's quicker if I can go and search for something rather than have to read four chapters to find out where something is so generally speaking I throw ideas down let it flow out and then go back and tidy it up afterwards Mm. Um, I think the way I visualize it is it's like a bowl of spaghetti the idea is you just dump it on the page Mm. And then you get a single strand and you just straighten it out and straighten it out and straighten it out. And eventually you've got sort of like a nice combed piece of straight spaghetti. <laughs> That's how it is in my head anyway. <laughs> That's not how I eat spaghetti. I don't I like spaghetti. I like that. I think you do. Come on. You're nice and <laughs> that spaghetti, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. No, that's brilliant. I love it. Uh, what, what have you learned? As you're, obviously you're having a break between projects, but what have you learned from the writing of these three that you think ah now I know this going forward is is there something that you think is specifically you know are, are you any um, of the are you any of the wiser from going through the process? am I any of the wiser probably in general probably not probably not no but I think <laughs> about the process uh one thing I did learn so with, with part one I tied myself in knots when I was doing the editing because I did it in a very haphazard way which then meant I lost track at one point, I haven't anymore, I actually lost track of which version was the version I was working on, mm. which was a nightmare. So my note taking and referencing is now better so mm. that that doesn't happen. So I won't go around that loop again. And I think in general, uh, making notes about key things, I think, became important to me. So if you introduce a character at the beginning of a book, but then don't refer to them again to the second book or later on in that book, uh, you might forget how you've described them. Have they got long hair, short hair? Do they wear mm. glasses? Do, don't they? So what I now will do and I'm doing with the other sci-fi book is, I, is I'm making like um, character crib sheets. Yeah. I so like that. a quick reference point of this is their name. 
this is how tall they are, this is their eye colour, hair colour, length, blah, 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 blah. Because there was a moment where I was describing a character in part three, which I hadn't mentioned in part two deliberately. And I couldn't for the life of me remember what colour hair I'd given them. Mm. And even though it probably wouldn't have been a big thing, it was bugging me. So I then had to go back and find where they'd introduce his character. But because they were in part one quite a bit, I couldn't just do a find for the name because they were mm. in there loads. I had to go back and trawl my own book. And I was like, this, this shouldn't be this hard. I wrote this thing. I should know the answer to this. So note taking is probably the thing I am now better at yeah. and references. Yeah. Yeah. I think I do. Um, I, I, I make a, I have a character list and I write the characters down as they pitch yeah. up. So as soon as I add somebody in, and, and it might be a human or an animal or whatever it is. And then I give them the basic facts. Or I might just cut out a piece from the actual script and stick it in there if it's quicker. You know, yeah. so I've got this description, I can put it back. And similarly with places, because most of my places are made up. Um, so I I do the same for places. So I have a character list, I have a places list. and then And then if I have something... Uh, there's usually a magic system or something because I can never I can never write anything straight. I've always got yeah. So always things always get weird with me. Um, I I usually write out what how it works, how I think it works, yeah. and then I've got something to give the editor when she takes it, so that she can refer to it, so that we make sure that we're all not like getting... a glossary sort of thing. Yeah, like exactly sort of, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think made, you have to. Yeah, and made up words as well. If you if you've invented places yeah. and things and stuff that happens and things like that yeah otherwise you just can't hold it all in your head you know no you can't um, especially if when you do you're... you'll get it wrong yeah yeah that's it and then you get told off which is not what we want um, yeah. <laughs> so Richard I see you that you're in um Kindle Unlimited which is great and I think it's really popular I like a bit of Kindle Unlimited myself and you've got your paper books out but you're also in audio how did you do your audio how did you bring your audio into the world so audio is it's really important to me, actually, because I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Yeah. Um, I actually have to listen to them to go to sleep, funnily enough. It helps me switch off. I can't do white noise or anything like that. In terms of how I did mine, I registered with ACX, which is yeah. Amazon's, I can't remember what it stands for, but it's Amazon's creative tool, similarly to uh, Amazon Direct Publishing for Kindle. And what you can do is you upload your script and a uh, an audition so like some extracts so maybe there's a certain bit of dialogue you want them to read or a certain action sequence and then narrators will audition for you mm-hmm. um and you 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 pick the one you want to work with and there's there's a few ways you can do it you can uh pay a lump sum up front mm-hmm. uh, you can uh, negotiate a deal in the middle or you can do royalty share which is where uh, any money that you make from the audiobook is split between the producer and yourself, fifty uh, fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found Emma Heap, who has brought these books to life more than I could possibly have imagined. I remember I listened to those auditions, and when I got hers, it just it clicked. It mm-hmm. sounded right to me. She, I don't want to say she got it because that implies the others didn't, which isn't necessarily the case. But I was just listening to it, and her interpretation of Ellie was important to me because she's this young girl she's the main character in these books that had to feel right I've genuinely got emotional listening to my own book read back to me by Emma 
That's nice. Which is a really strange experience, but she does a fantastic job. And then obviously I get the chapters and then I sit there and I read the book listening to it because that's my only way of, of going through it. And it did make me emotional listening to elements in part one and two. And it will do the same for me in part three. She's working on it for me at the moment. It will be out soon. But it's a really fun process. And from an indie author's point of view, it's another revenue stream. Yeah. Um, and it opens up a, another category of listeners because that means that it's now available through iTunes as well. So you don't need an Audible account. You can buy it through iTunes or from Amazon um, as an audiobook. And like I say, that means a lot to me because I'm a big audiobook listener. Yeah, and I, and I I found speaking to lots of authors as I do, um, that the the authors that are very keen on audio always have their stuff out in audio, and that's probably why mine isn't. I when I like <laughs> I, I like an audiobook. I like the I like the idea. I listen to a lot of podcasts, funnily enough. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't like um, uh, I'm I tend to be on information gathering if i'm listening to something i want i want to know something i'm a bit like that so if i'm doing the housework it's podcasty stuff i'm listening to other authors i'm listening to marketing stuff you know that kind of thing um i'm not i'm not so much a story listener um when my children were younger we used to have things on you know when we traveled and in the car audio cassette little audio cassette a little audio cassette yeah exactly all of that and that was great but but as an adult i've I've never really got into the audiobooks. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know why that is. I think if I've got time to read, I just want to read. Yeah. You know, and, and I want to, I want that whole shutting off thing. And I find it sometimes if I'm listening to something, I don't always pay attention. And I, I, I understand that. I, but, I think. But if I'm reading, I'm all there. I'm completely yeah. No, there. I get that. Yeah. I think yeah. so. I, I used to travel a lot when I was younger and I used to listen to audiobooks in the car. Like you just said, with the tapes, I had uh, the original dramatized version of Lord of the Rings on like 20 audio cassettes or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd listen to those. I'd listen to all sorts of stuff. And it, it got me into books that I wouldn't necessarily have read. So I've listened to a book, loved it, bought it and then read it as well. Yeah. And I think what you're saying is and I get it and I, I agree. I enjoy listening to books. Like I said, I do it when I go to sleep. I do it a lot when I walk the dog. I find that quite uh, therapeutic. And actually, while I'm working, I'll often sit here and just have one in the background. And I, I, I seem to be able to take it in while I'm doing my day job um, and doing that. But now, I, yeah, that's why audiobooks are important to me. And I, But I also understand why for some that they're not for them. That's, yeah, you know, that's yeah. the way I it mean, is. I'd really like to get my, my latest thing out into a into an audiobook but I, I feel I want to narrate it myself because I feel because it's kind of written in the first person and you know she's a that makes sense English woman she's about my age there's a lot yeah. of me in her I, I kind of feel that my voice would work really well for it but I don't know I, don't, I just I, you know it's just another thing on the list and do you find that as an indie author there's so many things to do <laughs> yeah you know? there is so you know? there is so yeah. much to do and so much on the list and I it is it is hard and to a point it almost makes writing the book the easiest thing oh, it is it's everything that comes yeah. out it, it, everything that comes after that is the hardest bit um it's interesting what you say there actually about doing it yourself because there's a lot of you in here what i mean what you could do is you could try it you could get someone to read you a sample back to you and it'd be very quickly for you to work out whether you like that or not yeah, it would you yeah, know it'd be very it wouldn't be yeah. a, a long process to do that um and you never know someone might read it to you and you might go oh wow they sound more like me than i do 
sort of yeah. thing. I don't know. Um, but no, I, you're absolutely right. Writing the book's the easy bit. The admin and everything that comes after it is time consuming, especially when, you know, we, we work, we have other things going on in our lives, we have families, we have everything else going on. It is really tough. Um, so every little win is a win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you market your books, Richard? Do you find you're you're just on the social media doing a bit of that, or do, do you do paid ads? I am now. Um, so I haven't done any paid ads. Have I done any paid ads? No, I haven't done any paid ads. I mainly on social media. But what I have also done is I've sort of um I've bullied my way into into local stuff. So I've been able to get my books into the library around the corner lovely um which is you know which is good and exciting i was able to go back to my old high school on world book day and i did a talk for a load of students and put a load of my books in the library and then uh we did a whole creative writing day uh with them and then they've been messaging me because they're now writing stories so all that sort of stuff is just about making noise and then because of those things i actually got contacted by someone who runs a a scarecrow making competition in the village that the books are set in and asked me to be a judge Mm. um and then all of that is sort of adding to that marketing that's not why I do it it's not why I do those things I do it because it's good fun and I like giving back to my school and to the libraries and to the community but I found the contacts that I've had and the interactions I've had on the back of those things have given everything a boost yeah because um, I think those author connections are really really fun and really yeah. nice which is why I do the podcast I mean I, I don't run ads on it I don't do anything with it I just do it for the just yeah. to chat to other authors you know that's it really you know yeah. but, the but the connections that you make are are genuine and and you feel you know um a, an affinity with with other people and you know and it's nice to do that you know with your readers as well as well as yeah. you know other writers and I think it's it's a really nice and really valuable thing and it's not it's not about it's not even about hey buy my book it's 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 it goes deeper than that I think it does one of the nicest messages i had so after going to my school where i spoke to i don't know i think i spoke to about 40 students across the day 30 40 students something like that and then a couple of days later i had a message on my instagram page from one of the children's parents saying how that on the back of that their child had done nothing but write mm. in their spare time for the last however many days it was two three days I'd done nothing but write and was excited to share his stories with him and with the teachers and all this sort of stuff and I said to my wife when I came home I was like I, that's why I did that 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 right there is is why I did that I didn't do it you know for self-purposes I went in because I wanted to try and help because I remember when I was that age I, I was fortunate enough to go to a couple of author speaks and talks and things like that and it was it was a little bit inspiring and I just thought if I can have that moment with one person not suggesting you know I went yes I'm going to inspire people today but if I can just have that one level of interaction and that one opportunity to help someone then it was worth it mm. and I, I I got so much warmth from that uh from those interactions and that feedback it means the world to me it really does when someone messages me or comments on my Facebook page saying I found this I didn't hate it <laughs> I liked yeah. it you know I'll, yeah, I'll take yeah. that as a win yeah exactly well but yeah but never mind any of that Richard which was your favorite scarecrow and why <laughs> <laughs> which was my favorite scarecrow? um I, I you know I genuinely I'm not allowed to tell you which ones I voted for but I can say that I was very happy with the the ones that won prizes yes um yeah. 
a a girl who did a tiger who came to t1 won my books as prizes so i got to go meet her uh yeah. that was quite cool that was quite nice but some of them were so good honestly i when this lady messaged me she said I, yeah it's a little thing i just need you to pick you know three or four scarecrows I, okay no problem she sent me a list there's about 45 of them yeah <laughs> 45 yeah. scarecrows they were all fantastic i needed to find four it's the yeah. hardest thing i've ever had to do yeah it <laughs> is funny. Felt so much pressure because it's become quite a thing, this scarecrow thing. My sister lives in a little village just outside Salisbury, and they have like a big scarecrow thing. Yeah. And I remember her saying, oh, I'm so stressed out. I've got to make a scarecrow. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to not do it because everybody does. And it's like a major, yeah. <laughs> a major thing, you know, in the village. It is a major thing. Yeah. It yeah. was, um, no, so they did loads. They were all themed on uh, children's stories or characters. Oh. So there was Togo came to tea. There was Elmo. There was Postman Pat. There was Paddington Bear. There was Wind in the Willows. There was Toy Story. There was so many different ones, and some of them were so creative. It was really, really difficult. Uh, I had loads of favourites. Me, me and my wife Nay went. We drove around loads. We drove past three or four times trying to pick our favourites. Yeah. Um, but it was a really good thing. I'd happily do it again. If, if they're listening and they want me back as a judge, I'll be a judge next year. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things, things you get to do as an author. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it is good. Yeah, but like you say, it, it's it's about just get, just getting other kids, you know, anybody, you know, kids and other adults, just getting them to, you know, feel that they can have a go, they can write, they can, yeah. you know, express themselves and all that kind of thing. It's all good. It all makes the world go round. Absolutely. Ah, oh, well, happy days. Yes. So that's good. So I'm excited for you that you finished your trilogy and it's all it's all out there, all completed. And um I think it's I think it's nice to have that that feeling of um that you succeeded. Cause I don't think people realise what a huge undertaking it is to bring out uh, you know, to bring out a very long story. And I think yeah. people people that write I'm not knocking anybody, but people that write individual books, you know, that's great as well. And you can write many of them. But I think to to carry a story across, you know, that yeah. many pages is is a real achievement. So I think you should really be proud of yourself to to I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's um yeah, I, I am proud of it. I like having all three of them on the shelf to look at. They look nice together. Um, but I I do appreciate that. It's I do genuinely feel a massive sense of achievement about it. Um, yeah. It's yeah, it's good fun, and I, I've in, I've thoroughly enjoyed doing it. Um, and I'm a little bit sad it's over, as I said, but yeah, thank you. Oh, ah, but on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On to the next yeah. thing. Yeah, on to the space hotel. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's well. I think there's always another story in your head, and even although you finished the trilogy, do you find that in your mind you knew what happened next? I, would, yeah. I always know what happens next. I might stop any story at a point because I think that's a good place to stop it. But I could tell you what happened for the next 20 years, you know, because. Yeah, I, I absolutely do. Mm. Um, yeah. And in, the other thing, actually, is I also I had an idea for a different ending. Uh, as, I was, <laughs> as I was finishing off part three, I had a really brilliant idea for how I could have ended part two. And I was like, why didn't I end it like that? That would have been fantastic. But I couldn't go back and change it because part two was already out there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it it is a strange, strange thing. But, yes, I absolutely could tell you what Ellie and her friends were up to now. Um, I toyed with the idea of um, 
doing like a proper epilogue to like a sort of uh, 10 years later da, 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 sort of thing. Yeah. But I decided against it. Because... Nice, nice email sign up thing, though. Yeah, yeah, I could do it that sort of thing. I could I could share it another way. But I just felt that it, it potentially would have felt a little bit forced because yeah. I didn't come up with it when I wrote the story. The, the ending that's mm-hmm. in there is the ending that I always wanted and that I always mm-hmm. had. So that felt right to me. So I think if I then wrote a, an, ep- an official epilogue at the end of it, it would have felt like I was trying to do something different at the end of that story. Mm. Um, and I think that was the main reason why I didn't. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, we, I think we overthink it, don't we really? <laughs> oh, we do. Yeah. No, we absolutely, as, I, as I just said, I've already thought of a different way I could have ended part two. And actually I, um, I told my wife what that idea was and she just looked at me and she was like, I'm so glad you didn't do that. Cause that would have been horrific. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. Yeah, in yeah. a good way or a bad way. Yeah, that's it. Um, she's she's decided. She's had a, had enough. Yes, yeah, she's had good. enough. And is she is she supportive? Your wife is she good for? She looks she looks like she's absolutely delightful in any pictures I've ever seen. Yeah, her absolutely, absolutely. I so the best way I can word this is so the books of mine they've got my name on and and they're all me, but they would not exist without the help of her and a select group of others. Mm. And what I mean by that is. When I first had the idea and I wrote chapter one, she was the first person that I told, that I confided in, that I'd had an idea for a book and I was going to write it and I was going to see what happened. And if her reaction hadn't been positive or hadn't been supportive, I'm not going to say I wouldn't have done it, but it would have, I would have taken a knock. It would have dented me sort of thing. Mm. Um, There is no doubt in my mind that without her supporting me and being behind me on doing this, they would not exist those Mm. three books wouldn't be here if she hadn't supported me in the way she has and that's from putting up with me when I've been staring at the laptop for hours and hours writing through to helping me you know edit it and look through it and talk about ideas and and that sort of thing uh through to coming with me to judge scarecrows uh and and supporting me in those sort of ways uh she's been fantastic she's as have a lot, that woman. Yeah. oh yeah she has had to put it with a lot she has to put it with a lot um but yeah as i say they wouldn't exist without her and a select few others of uh, friends and family but she definitely gives me the the daily support and push that i need to do it yeah. absolutely she yeah. does i think i think uh, my dad once said as long as you've got one person on your side you you can succeed and I always thought that was really good advice if you've got one person who's always always with you my husband's like that he's great he's always I remember when I first told him that I was going to write a book and uh and he said I'm sure whatever you put your mind to Deb you'll be able to do and uh and I thought that was a really nice thing to say no it is it's absolutely true oh you're dyslexic you'll never manage yeah you're absolutely right sure you can it's just about that support and about that but I saw um I may have sent it tonight, actually, once it was a like a little meme thing of um, I, I will fight anyone in the world with one hand tied behind my back as long as you're the one holding it, which is yes. the same thing as what you're you're talking about, where I, yeah. you feel that you can do anything with that one person behind you. And that and that's how I feel about yeah. the way she helps me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Well, we're very lucky. Yeah. Because I think I've spoken to quite I've spoken to quite a few people that that have to have a bit of a battle within their family life because they don't have that support and, and people aren't kind of behind them and, and are happy for them to just, you know, clear off for hours at a time, looking rather, yeah. grumpy, <laughs> looking rather grumpy, you know, and uh, 
you know, just no, it's not like that around here. It's not like that around here. Yeah, no, me neither. I'm I'm very lucky too. Anyway, um, Richard, where can people find you online? Okay, so on Twitter or X, as it's now called, I still can't get used to saying that. On no. that platform, Instagram Threads and TikTok, it's r underscore c underscore Hayden. Uh, so all of them, it's the same. And then Facebook is Richard Hayden Author. Anyway, Richard, it's been lovely to have you back. I'm excited to Thank see you for me. the three books out there. It was, uh, I, I, I did sort of have a feeling when, it, when they came out, I went, oh, my God, he's done it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's there. They're all it's funny that. Out. So did I when the third one hit, yeah. the, hit the, the website. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, my God, I did it. I did it. Yeah, exactly. And it is. It's a great feeling. Anyway, it's lovely to talk to you. Take lots of care. And I'll see you on all around on the on You the will indeed. Thank you for having me back. Take yeah, care. It's been lovely. Bye-bye, sweetie. so look out for richard um you can find him on social media that's for sure and uh, he's a really guy and he'll always interact with you and he's he's a lot of fun um so next week my guest is jennifer silver redmond and jennifer lives on a boat um so it was it was fascinating to uh do a podcast you know she's sitting there in a boat talking about the memoir that she's written about herself and her you know her early marriage and living on a boat and all that kind of thing and really interesting lovely lovely woman so you know do join me next week for the words and pictures podcast which comes out every monday um, and uh, and listen to what she's got to say about her memoir um so what else well um that's it really for me this week uh, i'm dj bowman smith you can find me and the show notes if your show notes don't come up on the app that you're using um, you can go into my website and find show notes and uh, a page for the podcast and my website is um, djbowmansmith.com funnily enough um, and you can also find me as a children's writer at tigermolly.com okay well thanks for listening until next time bye bye